Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions. While he gave me the teachings I share here, most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidanandamurtaye Nishprapanchaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Muktanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhakta kaya kade haya namaste chitsaratmane. Heta be jagata meva samsara navas eta be. Prabha be saiva vidyanam shambhave gurave namaha. Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo Maheshwara. Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Om Svarupa Swaswabhava Namo Namaha Om I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self. Your own essence. Your own isness, O Shiva. The one divine reality being you. While being all and beyond all. Again and again I bow. Om Svarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha. Body and breath. With his words echoing from 1300 years ago, Adi Shankaracharya doesn't pull any punches. Oh, fool! Stop identifying yourself with this lump of skin, flesh, fat, bones, and filth. Identify with consciousness, the absolute, the self in all beings. This yogic sage is trying to wake you up. His words are calculated to blast you out of your complacency, to propel you to a new level of awareness that you are not your body. You are more, so much more. He says, identify yourself with consciousness, the absolute, the self in all beings. 
Your body is important, but it is not you. As a yoga teacher, I have worked with thousands of people quite intensively to help them with their body. And I get to see yoga miracles almost every day. Yet as important as your body is, it is not you. You are the one who lives in this body. Your presence makes your body be the holy temple that it is. My Baba described it this way. The wise ones see their body as the temple of the Lord. Quoting the Swachanda Tantra, he went on and said, the Lord takes on a body, prana and sense organs of his own will, then acts accordingly. In other words, God is masquerading as you. Oh, Shiva. It's all found in the Big Bang. Energy blasting out from a single point. Energy that contracts to become matter. The energy that becomes all the galaxies in the universe and all the objects in the universe being everything that exists, including you. Your body is made of this energy, cosmic energy being physical matter. You are the being who lives in this body. You are not your body. It is your house. Technically, it's your vehicle, the way you get from one place to another, as well as the way you move through time. Like any vehicle, whether a car, a truck, a little red wagon, or a spaceship, it deteriorates over time. You must do things to maintain it, even to refurbish it. Yes, your body may actually need some serious refurbishment. Well, yoga does that too. And while yoga can do that for you, still, you are not your body. You are the one who lives in your body, the one who enjoys all it does for you. The one living in your body, that's you, is a divine being called your own self. Your own self is the one self that is being all. When you track yourself inward to find your own essence and beingness, you find the one self that is being you while being all. You are that singularity from which the entire universe has emanated. You are the one divine reality that decided to manifest the universe and so coalesced into a singularity, O oh, Shiva. And when you track inward, you track all the way to the singularity, the blue pearl. And beyond it, all the way to Shiva, who is you. You are the one reality who is being all while being you. So you have a body, but you are not your body. Oh, fool, stop identifying yourself with this lump of skin, flesh, fat, bones, and filth. Identify yourself with consciousness, the absolute, the self in all beings. Adi Shankaracharya is in your face, trying to wake you up to your own divine essence. Have he and I blasted you out of your complacency yet? Have we propelled you to a new level of awareness that while you have a body, you are more? 
so much more. Shankaracharya understands how captivating the body can be. That's why he's so fiery. You can get caught up in the pleasures and pains of life. Even spend all your time and energy trying to manage them. So much so that you forget to look at who is the manager. I'll try it this way. Let's say that at the moment of birth, you're given a brand new car. It's the only car you're going to get this lifetime. It will last your whole life long. In fact, your life will last only as long as the car does. So once you understand this, you will want to take very good care of your car. You want it to last a long time and to be in good condition throughout. This is your body. It is very important. But you are not your body. You are the driver of this vehicle, and you need to take care of it. Yoga says your body is the outermost layer of your own individual presence here on earth. This physical form is the densest and most visible of all of your multiple dimensions. In Vedanta, one of the yogic systems, your body is called Anna Maya Kosha, meaning your body is made of Anna, food. Shankaracharya describes it quite pragmatically. Your body is the physical covering. Food made its birth possible. On food, it lives. Without food, it will die. It consists of cuticle, skin, flesh, blood, bone, and water. It cannot be the self, the ever-pure, the self-existent one. Your body did not exist before birth. It will not exist after death. It exists for a short while in the interim between them. Its very nature is transient and subject to change. It is a compound, not an element. Its vitality is only a reflection. It is a sense object which can be perceived like a jar. Thus, how can it be the self, the experiencer of all experiences? Regardless of what your body is going through, you are the experiencer of it. I had a yoga therapy client who showed me this so vividly, Peggy. I was in my 40s or 50s when Peggy came in. She was in her late 70s, maybe 80. While I knew yoga would help her, I thought she was really old. Of course, I'm there now. She was having some trouble with her body. Specifically, she was having trouble walking. I gave her a few yoga therapy sessions, and she was walking much better. After one of her sessions, she sat up with so much light shining through her eyes. And she looked at me, and she said, I'm walking much better, but I'm still old inside. I'm only six years old. I looked more closely at her, specifically at her vivid blue eyes, and it's true. She was still six years old. The truth is that you are eternal. You are immortal. You are the ever-existent one divine reality 
who has taken on this body in order to live in this world and have experiences, to have experiences and to give back. You are not your body, but it is an essential piece of equipment. Yes, your body is made of food. So they say you are what you eat. Well, you're not, but your body is. When you fill it with dead, decaying matter, it suffers. Yoga emphasizes living foods. The earth gives with such abundance. The earth gives us fresh fruits and veggies, grains and beans. There are so many wonderful products of the earth that feed us. Our need for food keeps us in relationship with Divine Mother Bhumi, the earth herself. Every day, several times a day, we return to the basics, another meal. Living in the continuous gift of the mother's beneficence to us. It's a continuing relationship. One that even fills into our most intimate relationships. Sharing food, feeding each other, being fed by those who are dear to us. My delight in this glorious relationship came as quite a shock to me, though I knew how to cook. I basically tried to avoid it for decades until I became a Swami. After that fire ceremony and being birthed in the waters afterward, I was changed. A deep love arose in me that makes me love to feed people. A deep love for Ma, for her divine gifts that keep nourishing us, including food and nourishing us in so many other ways. The teachings are one form of this nourishment, the flow of these divine truths coming from ancient times. I love to feed you in this way, and I love to feed you food as well. I keep very close to the ashram kitchen and am deeply grateful to our generous bakers who bring us wonderful treats for after our satsang programs so we can share food given by those who care to make space for us to express our caring for each other. Yes, your body is made of food. Anna Maya Kosha, the Maya Kosha sheath or covering made of Anna, food. It is the outermost dimension of your multiple dimensionality. But food doesn't make your body be a living body. No amount of food will bring a dead body back to life. Your body is a living body because of your presence in it. Your presence in your body gives it energy, the life force that makes it be a living body. In Sanskrit, this is called prana. There is cosmic prana and personal prana. Cosmic prana keeps the whole universe alive. This is a living, breathing universe. That's one of the reasons we like looking at the stars at night. We're being bathed in cosmic prana, the life force of the universe. Walking in the woods, we're being filled by the prana of the forest. Personal prana is your prana, your energy, your life force. It keeps your body alive even when you're not thinking about it. You don't have to do anything to make your body be a living, breathing body. It already is. 
It's not like you have to think, okay, body, breathe. Yes. Now breathe again and again and again. Your body keeps on breathing for you, whether you're thinking about it or not. It keeps on breathing when you're thinking. It keeps on breathing even when you're sleeping. This is good. Prana is not your breath. It is the energy or life force that makes your breath move. It is the energy of aliveness itself. There's an interplay between your personal prana and cosmic prana. It's there in every breath. Your energy field is in relationship with universal prana, a continuing dance of ebb and flow. This is why we like watching ocean waves. We know the ebb and flow so well. Your pranic field pervades your whole body and is a little larger than your body, extending around the edges. It's called an aura or sukshma sharira. Some scientists correlate it with the electromagnetic field generated by every living thing. Except your body is not creating your prana. It's the other way around. Energy becomes matter. It's the same way that energy has become the universe. I explained it this way in this month's teachings article titled Aura. Thousands of years ago, yogis described the human aura as part of the cosmic process by which energy becomes matter. The Big Bang, energy coalescing is matter. This happened for you too. Your prana creates your body. Your energy field coalesced into your physical form before you were born and keeps it alive now. I experienced this in a very sweet and personal way before I had my first child. I vaguely sensed a being around me off and on for several months before I got pregnant. Then when I found out I was pregnant, I knew it was the same being. I was so fortunate to bring this being into the world and serve as their mother. When your pranic field is vibrant and strong, your body is healthy and full of energy. If this is not a description of your usual mode, hmm, I would have you doing some yoga practices to increase your prana. When your prana is flowing smoothly through all the pranic channels in your body, you will have no aches and pains. Wherever you have a physical problem, there is a pranic imbalance. While medical care may be necessary, yoga has practices to get your own healing energy going. We utilize these in our therapeutic classes, sessions, and healing retreats. We report on some of them in our email updates with gratitude to so many yogis who are willing to describe their yoga miracles. Your pranic field is called prana maya kosha, the sheath or covering made of prana, made of the energy of life itself. Oh, let's return to Shankaracharya. What does he say about it? The body comes to life when it is enveloped by the pranic sheath. This pranic sheath is a vital covering. It is not the self, 
for it is merely composed of the pranas, the energies. Like air, it moves in and out of the body. It is always dependent upon the self. Your body is a living body because it is enveloped by your pranic field, meaning it is pervaded by and held within the energy field of your prana. This energy field is not your own self. It comes from your own self and is always dependent on it. Shankaracharya says this, it is always dependent on the self. The self is that which banged in the Big Bang. The one divine reality burst forth into a glorious expansion, becoming the universe and becoming you. To become you and everything else that exists, the self took on coverings, maya koshas. From the self emanated five coverings, which I will give more details on as we progress through the month. The outermost coverings, also called sheaths, are body and prana, the energy of aliveness. There are three more inner levels, mind, insight, and bliss. But there are all coverings. Coverings over what? Coverings over the self. They come from your own self. They are created and sustained by your own self. Let's hear what the sage says again. The body comes to life when it is enveloped by the pranic sheath. This pranic sheath is a vital covering. It is not the self, for it is merely composed of the pranas, the energies. Like air, it moves in and out of the body. It is always dependent on the self. When you're experiencing self, your pranic field is stronger. Thus, your body is healthier. When you lose your own self, you get weaker. You have less prana. This is why these levels are called coverings or sheaths, maya kosha. They are coverings over yourself, your own self. Your own self takes on a body in order to be in this world, to experience the world and to express into it. Like Baba said, quoting the Swachanda Tantra, the Lord takes on a body prana and sense organs of his own will, then acts accordingly. In other words, God is masquerading as you, O Shiva. Meditation is all about the unmasking, discovering who is inside you, who you really are. This is why we meditate on the self, meditating on your own divine essence, your own inherent divinity. And this is why Shankaracharya was a little pushy in his efforts to get you to look deeper within. It is the ignorant man who identifies himself with the body, which is compounded of skin, flesh, fat, bone, and filth. The man of spiritual discernment knows the self, his true being, the one supreme reality as distinct from the body. The fool thinks, I am the body. The intelligent man thinks, I am an individual soul united with the body. But the wise one, in the greatness of his knowledge and spiritual discernment, sees his own divine essence as the one reality and thinks 
I am consciousness. Oh, fools, stop identifying yourself with this lump of skin, flesh, fat, bones, and filth. Identify yourself with consciousness, the absolute, the self in all beings. This is how you can attain supreme peace. Identify yourself with consciousness, the absolute, the self your own self, who is the self in all beings. There's only one divine reality who's being all selves while being you, uniquely and individually you, by knowing and experiencing your own self. You attain the bliss of consciousness, which is the experience of your own self. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha.